0: Thank you, guys. That was amazing. Wow. (laughs) I'm like already like, you know, Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit is here. He is. You guys are excited. I can feel the energy. And I'm going to take my heels off because you all saw my cute heels. Did you see? They're cute. You can't see me behind the pulpit now, right? OK. We're family. It's such a blessing and a privilege to be here. My name's Annie, um, and um, I came up, I brought my husband. We left my, my sixth grader, my seventh grader, and my freshman with my parents. Said, so here you go, Nana and Papa. Bye. We're going to go up to uh, this beautiful country. This is God's country up here. Wow. From San Diego, which is also very beautiful. And you guys welcomed us in San Francisco as we, um, <laughs> we had to go get our car rental because we were gonna drive up and then we're staying here a couple nights and then we're gonna go to Napa for a couple days and then go back to the real world. Um, but uh, we, <laughs> we were welcomed by uh, the Trump protesters. Did you guys see that? <laughs> We were right, like the cover of like, Drudge Report. I'm like, we were there! And there were all the police standing there with their, you know, they were in their riot gear. It was crazy, flags are waving, people are yelling. And Sean's in the little, you know, my husband getting all the paperwork. I said, I'm gonna go check out the riot. And he just looked at me and rolled his eyes. (laughs) And I'm just looking at all these people going, oh my gosh! And they were so angry and they were so lost, and they were so sad, and they were sheep that were scattered. They didn't know their shepherd. They don't know their maker. They don't know about God's amazing grace. And my heart was broken. And the excitement of just being in this kind of like, whoa, look at this. What is going on? All of a sudden, that spirit that was there permeating that place and that atmosphere just came upon me. And I started praying, and I could feel just a tinge of the heart of the Father for his kids. But we get to come into his presence today and feast at his table. So I am so excited. My prayer has been, and there has been so many people praying for you guys. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. So you need to come with a very expectant heart because God is going to move. He's going to change you. He's going to deposit something into your spirit in a deeper way that it wasn't there before, and you're going to look more like him. Because we come here, right, just to for the saints to be stirred up and built up in our most holy faith. So we go out, and then we get to go and be an influence and be a light in the places that I can't go, that Lenya can't go, that your pastor's wives can't go, but you go into your home and your communities and your neighborhoods and your places of work, and you bring that light there. So today I want, I, my, my job, what I get really excited about, because Lenya's going to come and she's like, she's like the one, like she's like, whoa, okay, Lenya, really Lord? And he's like, yeah, I bring like opposites, you know? So I have no slides, not one, no slides. My text is going to be all over the place and it's just going to be a smattering of God's truth and words and it's just going to blanket over you. And I'm just letting you know right up front, and that's going to be both of my messages. So, um, I actually had a dream, and um, it's funny. Um, I, I it was just a couple days ago, and I have been praying for you guys, and it would be that the word would come not in persuasive words like Paul says, you know, um, not in eloquent speech, but in a demonstration of power of the Holy Spirit, because the darkness looks pretty dark. I saw that there. But the light has nothing to fear, but it needs to come not just in words and deeds, but a demonstration of power. Holy Spirit, come. So I had this dream, and I was sitting there um, at a pulpit, and then I'll get to my notes. I've got to stick to my notes because we'll be here all day. Um, and it was so weird. I was sitting on a stool, and all of a sudden I look over, and there's someone sitting on a stool next to me. And then I look up, and it's actually... God the Father, sitting next to me, this is my dream. And he's literally right next to me. And we have our Bibles open in front of us. And I, so I look and then he's starting to tell me things and explain things. And I'm going over here and I'm, oh yes, okay. And and you know, looking at scripture and he's, and then I ask another question. And then he he forgot the scriptures that he wanted me to read before. And he jumped over here and started saying something else. And I said, wait, I gotta read the scriptures first that you just told me about. And then all of a sudden, I heard laughter in the audience. And I look up, and there was hundreds of women sitting there. So right now, literally, right, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Jesus is in this place. And that song, Our Father is a Good, Good Father, that is my favorite worship song. Favorite worship song right now. Because we're his kids. When you think of a daddy, I think of my my husband and his daughter. Good gifts. He loves to give good gifts to his kids. And so that's the picture that I want you guys to have. That's what he has for you today. He's sitting right next to you. He's just opening up the word, and he's going, look at this. Look at this. And this is who you are. So it's a message of destiny and identity, because that's what grace is. It's our destiny. It's our identity. It's everything. So let me pray. (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father, mm, we love you. You are a good, good father. We lift you up high. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this family. These are, we're sisters, Lord God. The world looks in on the love that we have for one another and is in awe and an amazement. Lord, I feel honestly like I'm with family right now because they are for the rest of eternity. Lord Jesus, would you like that dream Open up your word this morning, Lord God. Show us good things that you want. I, you look literally at every single woman here. You know their name. You know the hairs on their head. We're gonna be talking about what you have specifically written for them, their hearts, their lives, the things that concern them, Lord Jesus. We get to step into a little moment of eternity where we just push all the cares of the world. Pray that we would all just take a deep breath, Lord God. And we would soak you in. Mm, you do not disappoint. You only trade up. So if we have come in with sadness, we lay laid at your feet. And you give us joy. Lord Jesus, I pray if there's any woman here who is feeling um, just overwhelmed, Lord God, that you would bring a sense of peace that floods her from the top of her head to the tips of her toes, Lord Jesus. Lord God, do what you will. We pray that our we would have ears that would hear what the Spirit has to say to the church today. In the powerful name of Jesus of Nazareth, we ask these things. Amen. Okay, so grace, grace. They're like, we're gonna do a conference on grace. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then they didn't give me a specific verse. So I was like, oh my gosh, grace. What is grace? Grace is an encounter with the living God. That's what grace is. Now the scripture that um, I wanted to focus on was Philippians 3.12. And it's so cute. They made this little card for me, so I brought it up. Do you guys get these? Yes. Or am I special? Not yet. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm already ruining things. (laughs) Okay, they're really cute. I brought mine because I like it so much. (laughs) You will get one of these. (laughs) Philippians 3.12, if you want to look at that verse, because then after that, I'm just going all over the place. And we need to get Lenny up here, so I got to start going. Not that I have already... Okay, Philippians 3.12, I'm sorry. Philippians 3.12. Hmm. All right, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Remember Paul as he's on his road to Damascus, and literally his name is Saul at that point, and he is persecuting those who follow Christ and his ways and are his disciples. And literally the Lord shows up and blinds him, and in that moment Saul became Paul and his life was taken hold of by grace, by Jesus Paul, right here in this verse, he says, he speaks of this. You can see that in the verse there. What is this that he was speaking of? Because whatever this is, Paul, the apostle Paul says, I haven't obtained it, not fully. Whatever this is, Paul says, I'm not perfect in it yet. Paul says, I'm still pressing on to make it my own. So what is this that Paul's talking about? This, if you look at the couple verses before we get to that scripture, it talks about the surpassing worth of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, to gain Christ. He says, to be found in him. In verse 10, he says, to know him to know him, Paul was talking about. Now you remember, this is the apostle Paul that's saying this. This is the same guy where angels would take him out of prison, where he would walk and his shadow would literally heal people. This is the same Paul where a poisonous snake bit him and the the people there in the land knew he was gonna be dead and a goner and they're staring, waiting for him to kind of puff up and, you know, keel over. And he shakes the poisonous snake off of his arm and continues to talk to them. And Paul is saying, I have have not laid hold of that which has laid hold of me, not fully yet. Verse 11, he says, but at any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul is saying there's more. Ladies, there is so much more. More of Jesus, more to experience him, more to to grow in, more. That's the gospel. That is God's grace. That's while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. Yes, to take my sins and to exchange them for his robe of righteousness, it's too much. But Paul says there's more. There's more. Don't stop. Keep going. Press on. Press in. There are so many facets, so many truths to go deeper in and deeper in. It says that in that song of his love. For that same gospel, that good news of Christ, for it to lay hold of me. It's already laid hold of me, but now I've got to lay hold of it, and I'm not there yet. And that's what I felt like the Lord wanted to kind of stir up and get you guys excited about. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, my tattoo, my husband's like, you need to talk about your tattoo? It's like, yeah, if you don't like them, I'm sorry. Um, don't get one. Um, so, <laughs> um, I'm not promoting tattoos, but it means something. So, when the Lord was like, you're going to be, like, you're going to talk about me like this, and that's in a whole nother story, and it's like, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. He's like, yes, you are. And um, then he gave me, um, in Jeremiah chapter one, and it's when Jeremiah is getting his calling, okay? And he literally gives Jeremiah, it's so funny. This is my version of it in my brain. He shows him a picture of an almond branch, and he's like, Jeremiah, what do you see? (laughs) Jeremiah's like, I see an almond branch. And then he's like, good job. (laughs) What you see, what I show you, talk about that. And that's it. Be a mouthpiece for me. And I was like, okay, I can do that. I can talk about you, Jesus. I love to talk about you, Jesus. I can do that. So I'm thinking that was, you know, this was a couple years ago, actually. But fast forward a couple years later up to the recent past, and the Lord has given me a deeper understanding. And he's illuminated to my heart that part where he just, in my mind, you know, gets tapped on the head like, good job, Jeremiah. What it actually says in verse 12 there in the first chapter is so good. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well for I am watching over my word to perform it. Yeah, it's all on him. I will perform the word that I show you in the scripture, the word that I stir in your heart and bring to remembrance in that morning. The word that I have spoken, I will watch over it to perform it. We're gonna circle back to that thought later. But the Lord told Jeremiah previously in the chapter, Jeremiah, you're going to be a mouthpiece for me. In verse five, he says, listen to this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I set you apart. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Before you were framed in the womb, before Jeremiah, you were even a thought in your mother and father's mind. I saw you. I knew you. And right after that, Jeremiah, you would think he'd say, oh, Lord, wow, okay. He goes, ah, Lord, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. And we come with our excuses. And that could be you here today, maybe speaking to your heart. But listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it even entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. You can't even start imagining right now. Start imagining it. Picture it. Because it's going to be better. It's going to be bigger. It's so much more. Quick question. Do you love him? You know, and if you aren't sure, come talk to me, Lanya, the pastors' wives that were standing up, we will talk to you and pray with you about that afterwards. But if you love him, then this is a personal promise for you that you need to hold on to, that he wants you to count on. That is God's grace. You see, we limit the Holy One. We are the ones who limit the Holy One. It tells us with our unbelief. You and I, we sit here in our chairs and we say in our hearts with our arms crossed, well, that was true for the powerful Old Testament prophet, Jeremiah. That was true for him. Or that was true for Saul, who was later called Paul, who was one of the great apostles of the New Testament. Or that's true for Lenya, who is an amazing Bible teacher and pastor's wife, but that's not true for me and we don't receive the promises of God for ourselves and and put our name in the place in those verses. That is a lie right now, right now. You need to put that at the foot of the cross right now. I am telling you, go to the cross in your heart, in your mind, and whatever lie that you picked up because... The enemy has always been a liar. He always will be a liar. So you take that, not what you feel, but what you know, what I just told you. And there's certain things I know that the Holy Spirit is bringing to each and every one of your minds here right now. We all have it. I have it. And I bring it now. You put it at the foot of the cross and you leave it there. Because God's going to speak a better word to you today. So, If you want, you don't have to, sometimes it annoys me when people make me do this, but I'm not making you do anything, you can or you can't, whatever. But if you wanna close your eyes right now, I wanna let the truth soak just over you to wash and renew your mind, to sink into your soul, and then to quench the thirst for the truth that's in your spirit that God put there. The spirit's ready to receive that truth. The Father looks at you today, and he says, I know you. I know you when I sit, when you sit down. I know you when you get up. I know your thoughts. I know when you lie down. I'm acquainted with all of your ways. Even before a word is on your tongue, I know what you're going to say. I hem you in behind you, and before you, I lay my hand on you. There's that 360 that the worship pastor was talking about. God, and for us, behind us, above us. The psalmist David said at this point, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I can't attain it. I can't wrap my mind around it. The Father wants you to know there is nowhere you can go from his spirit. There is nowhere you can flee from his presence. He says, I formed you in your inward parts. I knit you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That is grace. If your eyes are closed, you can open them now. Or you can keep them closed. And if you're sleeping, I won't know. But you see... I want you guys to know that you individually, by name, are seen by God Almighty. You are understood by Father God. I may not understand you. You might not understand me, but he understands me. He gets me. You were planned with great design and purpose, and you are loved with a perfect love by a perfect father. See, Ephesians tells us that you and I are his workmanship. That word is poema, which means poem, and he is literally writing his story across your life and your heart. It's beautiful, and we settle. I remember going to a women's conference. None of you were there. None of you were speakers there. It was, don't worry. Um, And... I was watching and the Lord gave me this picture and the women, there was this banqueting table that was here and it was beautiful. And the women were under the table and they were small and they were taking the crumbs that would fall from the table and eating them and satisfied, walking away full when the Lord says, Come on up here. I've got this spread for you. It's beautiful. It's huge. It's bigger than what you're satisfied with. Come and sit beside me, for this is the table that I've prepared for you. And how many times do we settle for the crumbs? We settle. I settle. Hmm. Oh. The grace that has laid hold of you already, but... That we might lay hold of it hmm, in our lives, and the surety that I come, and the authority that I can come and boldly say this: I don't care who you are, I don't care your story. I will speak these same words to you, and it will be with confidence. There is nothing in me in these words that I am uh, worried, or that you could, you know, those people at that Trump, you know, protest rally. I would say the same. Thing to them because they are fearfully and wonderfully made. They are made in the image and likeness of God. They just don't know it. They don't serve him. But I can do that in boldness. You know why? Ooh, I love this. Because it's written. It is written. Remember when Jeremiah was scared and said, oh God, no, I'm not the guy, someone else. I'm to dot, 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 you fill in the blank with whatever your word is that I hope you just crucified at the cross. And the Lord says, I'm watching over my word to perform it, that we might live by it is written. You could do a whole message just on that. To live by it is written. As a Christian, we live by it is written. It is written, Jesus has been made righteousness unto us. It is written as he is, so we are. Wow. It is written settles once and for all every question that the mind brings up. I love this. I read this. The only thing to doubt is doubt. So when the doubt comes up, I doubt that doubt. I doubt you. That's all I doubt is the doubt. (laughs) Feelings lie. Appearances lie. It looks like something, but it's really something else. So much of the time, common sense lies. Only it is written renews our mind. It frees us from the emotions of fear and guilt. Hmm. And look at this, not what you have written in your story, because he washes that with the blood of Christ. Not what others have written in your life, but again, it's what he says. What does God say? You see, man's common sense has been wrong all the way back from the very beginning, if you think about the fall, right? The Bible is the source of truth. To believe the word is to believe truth. Man's common sense, his reason, his logic may make a lot of sense to the carnal fleshly mind. That's why sometimes you're like, but it does kind of look, it fits. It fits. It's the perfect size for me. That lie, that thought, that feeling, it, it fits. And the Lord says, no, take off those grave clothes. He says, you need to be women who know and live by it is written. The Word is greater than reason. We need to live by revelation, not by man's reasoning. Hmm. Because God is greater. I love that. The Word is greater than reality. God stands behind His Word to perform it. That's what we're looking at in Jeremiah. The Word is eternal. But do you guys realize this reality? It's temporal, it looks real, it feels real but it's going to fade away. You know, he's going to fold it up like a garment, this whole entire world, create a whole new heavens. That's the truth. That is the reality. The supernatural is greater than the natural. The divine greater than the human. The invisible is actually greater than the visible. Oh God, open my spiritual eyes that I might see you. Open my spiritual ears that I might hear you even my taste, all the five senses. Do you know that we have spiritual senses that he gives to us? Awaken them, Lord God. Second Corinthians 6, 1, and then it ends with um, verse 12 and 13. I'm just telling you the story. Paul is literally crying out to the Corinthian church, and he says, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. And then he says, you are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children, widen your hearts also, open wide your hearts. Oh, I read this, I think it was Tozer a long time ago, that I am a narrow mansion and a shallow pool. Lord God, widen me. Widen me for more of you. Widen me for your word to quicken my spirit and come alive that it might be active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Let me receive the promises of God and say yes and amen and Christ be true and every man a liar. But this is for me. Are you guys with me? You're real quiet now. Okay, just checking. All right. Lord, deepen us. Widen us. We need to press on, women, like Paul. We've got to lay hold of this grace that has already laid hold of us. It's about his love. It's the gospel that hath already laid hold of you. We need to be women who take full advantage of God's grace in the truest sense of the word. The truest sense of the word. Of course not to sin and fulfill the lust of the flesh that leads to death. I mean, so much of the time it would be so, you know, don't. Watch TV, don't watch movies, don't do this, don't do that. Like, I can't, I am motivated by things that are so good I can't even imagine them. Wait, you have that for me? I am motivated by a love that I can never make go away. And then when I fail, when I'm weak, he says, I'll make you strong. When you don't have the words He goes, Annie, don't plan. I'll put them in your mouth, and I'll speak through you. Just be a vessel. Lord, I don't have wisdom for this kid. I don't know what to say to that freshman right now, but we are in a mess. Lord, give me wisdom. And James says, when we cry out and ask for wisdom by his spirit, he gives it to us liberally. That motivates me not the no's and don'ts and the checkoff list, but a living God. His grace was given to bring real freedom, you guys. It's his life lived in and through us to the extent that it's not gonna just be this lifetime, but it will take all of eternity. We will never come to the end of God, his love, and experientially knowing him because he is unending. He is eternal, Jesus came to be taken advantage of. Again, listen, if we are not taking advantage of him and his grace, his mercy, his salvation, you're lost, you're hopeless, you're on your own, or you're full of religion, performance, law-keeping. You can see when people are under the law. They're looking for sin, they're sniffing it out, (laughs) and you don't want to be around them. There's no real life to be found there, but you know people who know the Lord, you're like, ooh. You're like, can it rub off on me? Like <laughs> I want what, what she's having. In honesty, we have to admit we are in great need of God's grace every day, many times over. Oh God, thank you that your mercies are new morning by morning. I claim that verse. Thank you Jesus, can we start over today? And at the end of the day, oh God, thank you for your grace that you cover me and you gave me that when you didn't have to and you shouldn't have, but you did. Thank you for your grace. The same way that the branches are in need of abiding in the vine to continue to live when we take advantage of God's grace, it affects us. And you don't have to say, well, don't do that and don't do that. Because when you eat of that, it brings death. It brings bondage. It brings brokenness, and there's no life in it. When you start to taste and see that the Lord is good, you want more and more and more. It can't not change us. Real grace woos us, and it wins our hearts more and more, and it lays hold more and more for that which hath laid hold of me, like Paul, to know him more. And the result is worship. You can't help it. The result is thanksgiving. And then a hunger for his word is placed in your heart because you see, wow, man doesn't live by bread alone, but he actually does live out of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's the power, that's the strength, that's the transformation. To live by it is written. And then, oh, we get to go from glory to glory. You know, the more time that Moses spent in the presence of the Lord on the mountaintop, his face, literally, he came down the mountain. And I think that it's something, um, you know, that we got to see in um, the physical so that we could understand what happens in the, na- uh, oh, spiritual. Did I say that right? Yeah, physical first, then spiritual. His face glowed as he came down the mountain from spending time in the presence of the living God. And that's what happens to you and what happens to me. Amazing grace. And we get to be conformed into his image and his likeness and we all of a sudden there's the power to rise against that old sin and it becomes small and nothing and we don't have a taste for it anymore. We don't have a taste for it anymore. Amazing grace to come and eat from the tree of life instead of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. How much time do we have left? Are we done? I can be done. Huh? We're done? We're done. Okay. No, no, it's okay. The end, it was just, it's a, just a personal story about eating from the tree of life and tree of knowledge of good and evil. Let's, no, 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 no. Little, okay, short. Okay, okay, okay. Um. So my daughter, um, you know, I was, I've was i been praying about, you know, God who heals, and he's kind of stirring that in me and everything. And and so I was just going to start looking for people with back problems, start praying for them, try things out. You know, Holy Spirit, you want to heal this one? What do you want to do? And the Lord, my, my daughter had two extra bones in her feet, and her ankles are collapsing like this. And um, they said it's degenerative, and she's in so much pain. You could see the bones protruding, and very sad, and but I'm, I am a woman of faith, and I'm proactive, and we're going to get the doctor, and it's going to be fine, and here we go, and so I'm like, you know, here we're, we're doing the physical therapy, and we'll do one foot, and the next foot, oh God, and I was like, nope, we can do it, and then, so I'm praying, like okay, Lord, you know, I'm thinking about healing, and he goes, your daughter needs healing, and I go, I didn't even ask you. I was praying for the doctor I was praying for the nurses. I was praying for my daughter. I didn't ask you what you want to do. I didn't ask. Remember the narrow mansions and the shallow pools? I started crying. I was like, so sorry. Okay, what does this look like? That's a long story, but the end, this is what's so cool. Is the Lord had my daughter participate in a year of literally, he goes, I'm going to do it. And this was promises of his word and all these things. Again, we don't have enough time. But he goes, she's eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. She started to kind of make friends with this thing. Like, I'm going to get a lot of attention. My friends are going to decorate my locker. How long am I under anesthesia? How painful is it really going to be, Mom? Like, is it like, because my friends, they want to know. And um, But we do that. I do that. We do that. And um, and so the Lord said, "I'm gonna do this, but it's gonna be a process of her like walking in faith." And and um, I had a friend pray with me, and it went with the vision the Lord gave me of as she's eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but as her faith grows, and I'm gonna heal these bones, they're gonna go away miraculously, but as that's happening the tree of life is going to grow taller and stronger and overshadow that tree of knowledge of good and evil and it will be the stronger and and because the faith in your daughter is going to grow exponentially but as she participates and keeps eating from that tree of life and thanking me before she even sees the manifestation of the physical healing because it's really always about our heart and our faith our god is big Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for Lenya who's coming up, Lord. Fill her with your spirit. And thank you for the good word that you have prepared for us in her heart. And um, bless these women. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. You can just carry
1: them. Hmm? What? You can just carry them. Oh my goodness! Already so good, so so good. Um, Really quickly, um, my prayer. You know when when uh, Annie said that so much prayer has gone into this day. So much prayer has gone into this day. That's the reality. And my prayer for you is that you would walk away with a great understanding of the grace of God. If you're not. if you don't really know about the grace of God, you might think it's something that you get on a Sunday morning when you come to church and you leave with it. And it might get you through part of the week, but then you got to come back to church on Sunday morning to get more grace. You know, that's not the grace of God. We live in the grace of God. It's a land that we live in. It surrounds you. There is so much of it that um, it's abundant. It's teeming. It's, it's everywhere. And so my prayer for you is that you would understand that grace and experience the freedom of living in the grace of God, Um, discovering what he's calling you to do.